When did you move to Portland? Uh, we moved there in '98, okay. so 18 years now. So, so you've uh, talk about watching cities change. I know. Yeah, for the better at all, or is it? Uh, um, are, are you are you are you bemoaning? I the, don't. I mean, Kathy and I both bought houses like five years ago, so we don't. I don't. Compl- yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of things that people complain about. <laughs> don't affect us no, you're, really you're a property owner like yeah we didn't i'm not like moving there now trying to rent a place yeah. like that sucks um but yeah i mean one of the best things about portland was how cheap it was because like when kathy and i moved there we shared a house three people the house cost 525 that was like Jeez. basement you know we played in the basement and the attic like it's a like, huge house yeah and that is just gone why did you move yeah. up there? And- we knew people, uh, you know, obviously people from California are always, always been moving sure. to Portland. So we already had friends that live there. And then we had just both traveled to Portland separately, like mid nineties. And we just knew it was cool. And a lot of people we knew just lived like a bunch, you know, everyone barely worked, barely paid rent, you know, didn't pay much for rent and yeah. just lived, uh, just really cheaply, and you know, everyone had like a four track in the basement, and so so the plan was always to to be in a rock and roll band. Yeah, I had been playing since like high school, and mm-hmm. Kathy too, and then we had played together like a couple years before we moved before we moved to Portland. So I mean, there were a few configurations early on. We had a band called Hala. We had a band called Urban Legends. We had yeah. a band just called Hutch and Kathy that was right before the Thermal. So there's that Hutch and Kathy record yeah. that was reissued yeah. last year that originally came out in 2002. Yeah. So we did that for like two years and then started the Thermals in 2002. You, you toured on that recently on the reissue, right? Right, yeah, yeah. Cause it was reissued because it was never on vinyl. And yeah. then for Record Store Day last year, yeah, they reissued, reissued it. So we did... Yeah, we were at the Mercury here. We we did like a week or uh, like a week and a half on each coast. It's fun. it's such a fun, it's such a funny reason to tour on a record. It's, it, it was, was cool. Really on vinyl. Well, it was just really Sunday. easy to do because yeah. it was just the two of us. Yeah, it was just, and we were playing like all the small rooms of the places we usually play. We go to the Black Cat, play the small room. Go to Numos in Seattle and play Barboza, play Mercury here. But yeah, it was really fun. It was a good experience. Yeah, I liked it. You, and you were playing. The old songs from that record? We were playing like most of that record, and we yeah. played some Thermal songs. Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, I mean, Kathy and I have just... You know, we've played music for like 20-something yeah. years, so Thermal's had a little break, so it just kind of seemed... Yeah, it was it was easy and so, natural. Like, so, that, so that record, I guess, would have been, you know, like 12, 13 years at that point. Right, yeah, yeah, it was 13 years. And I, what, so what's, it, what's it like going back and playing songs from 13 years it ago? It was cool. Yeah? Uh, did you notice all of, I mean, have, did you notice how you've grown as a songwriter? I don't know. I mean, sometimes, those, we spent like a year making that record, and we yeah. never spent that long making a Thermals record. So yeah. in a lot of ways, like those songs, I don't know, we felt like they held up really well. Yeah. Um, I mean, and a lot of, you know, the first Thermals record was just a year after that record, so a lot of those songs were still playing. Yeah. So to be playing, like, 13- or 14-year-old songs is just, like, <laughs> normal for was, us. Was, was, 13, it, it, it took a year just on the strength of, like, you, it was not necessarily your main well, thing? Well, no, it was, be, we just took a year because we didn't have a label, you know, yeah. we didn't have any, you know, we just had, like, we both had, like, a track reel-to-reels in our houses, and that's what we did that record on, and then, but we had no... 
we had no label, no support, or anything. Eventually, we found that label, Jealous Butcher, who put out the Hutch and Kathy record. But, like, the Hutch and Kathy record was one that we had sent to, like, Sub Pop and, like, Kill Rock Stars, yeah. all these labels, uh, and never heard anything back. And then once we did the thermals, then, like, we had a much easier time. <laughs> getting it, our records put out was it was it a lot of just like you know like let's kind of play around with things and see what people actually want to hear no it was mostly i mean that hutch and kathy record i mean both the both that and the first thermals record were just that's the kind of stuff that we liked yeah. making and we would always joke that we should have just stayed doing hutch and kathy for longer because that style of music ended up becoming yeah. way more like lucrative for bands um, you know, the more like acoustic, sure, uh, a little prettier. Talking like pre-Iron um, and Wine days, really right? Kinda... Right, which is funny because yeah, because then our you know, but our music was never as pretty as that either. So yeah, I don't know. We yeah, it was uh, like when I made that I, the first Thermals record I just made on a four track cassette at my house, and so that was just a lot of the projects Kathy and I did were always like that. It was just like at home kind of like in a bubble well yeah i mean is that it and obviously like making music then was different from a standpoint if you don't necessarily expect that anyone's gonna hear this thing right yeah and is that i mean is that is that a positive i I think you would you would hopefully make your music be more honest i would think yeah right because it is different well i'm asking you you. yeah (laughs) you tell me i i mean i feel like we didn't change i mean you know we've slowly changed over the years but for the most part i mean i think we sound pretty similar i think we sound similar to what we started as until i go back and listen to that record and then obviously it does sound way different but yeah you definitely start thinking about things differently once you know everyone's gonna hear it yeah, well, I was I was actually talking to, to Hector about this earlier. Um, you know, I was I was saying I remember when the the first EP came out, when the first the first record came out, and we you know we were all kind of like wondering like, okay, well, what's next? Because it's like they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to like fuck with the formula a right. little bit, right? I mean, right. Just slowly. <laughs> so many of my favorite bands, you know, you can make the joke. You know, I I picked, I think like Green Day and yeah, ACDC are really good examples or even like misfits a lot of bands i've loved sure. pretty much make the same record over and over um and i've liked i like a band that is consistent and that yeah i mean you know it's cool to have bands like radiohead where every record's going to be different but mo- you know a lot of us can't be that way yeah. just aren't naturally that Not way everyone's a natural genius right <laughs> yeah not everyone is want to be yeah. yeah right yeah yeah uh, I, it's you know it's funny. I was I was I was I was looking at an interview you were doing, and you and you mentioned uh, you mentioned Dookie, and I guess a little bit of that is the, the Bay Area connection. Yeah, definitely. Um, they're kind of an interesting case though, because they you know they they came out with Dookie, and then their next record didn't do really well. It was a little is bit it, darker. It was, uh, uh, is it insomnia. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and it was and then and that was kind of like. Uh, you know, I guess like proof positive that like you don't fuck with a formula too much. I mean, well, Dookie's a hard record to follow, right? Because there was like sure. six, yeah, 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 singles or something. Yeah, um, yeah. When I mean, they kind of had a down. I mean, Nimrod came out after that. Yeah, right? they had that a, was they had oh, a but that had of, uh, was good riddance was on that. I think. Oh yeah, right. right. And the Seinfeld finale happened. So this is a flawed. This is a flawed <laughs> premise on, on, on my right. friend. But yeah. 
But I mean, you're, but you know, you're not thinking like, or maybe you are. I mean, maybe after like you come out with a kind of like a slow breakup record and people don't necessarily know how to process it instantly. You're thinking like, right. You know, maybe, maybe we shouldn't fuck with a, a winning formula or just, well, you just say, I'm not going to do that again <laughs> or not, I'm not going to do that. Is that, is that soon. actually, yeah. What was your, I mean, I, I guess this is, this is, I've got a, I've got a couple of questions to ask her on that. You know, one of which is like, what were you anticipating? Were you anticipating that people wouldn't really know what to do with it? Were you su- su- surprised? With at what? It? Wait, what are you talking about now? Uh, with, personal life. Right. Yeah. Um, that one, we just like, ha- it's t- tough because people will fault you for like trying something different and totally. also fault you for making the same thing. I, you know. I, I, I love that record, but I hated it when it came out. I like the sound of it a lot. A lot of the songs, I don't. I don't know. When I go back to it, I like it a lot. The thing is, it, there's only like one year between that and now we can see. Yeah. I think. I think what we felt was like if you're gonna if you're gonna put something out so quickly after you know one after another, it should be different. I would think. Sure. Yeah, and. Uh, it was interesting because Kathy and I, you know, Kathy and I made the body of the blood, the machine, and now we can see just the two of us. And then Weston started playing with us, and then we toured a little bit on Now We Can See, and then we were, in, you know, we were going to keep touring a lot more. But then it was just more fun for us to just write instead of instead of just rehearsing those the old songs over and over, which is how we wrote Personal Life. Yeah. Um, you, I remember talking to Janet from Sleater Kinney one time about the Hot Rock because the Hot Rock is yep. like the Sleater Kinney yeah, record yeah, yeah. no one likes. Yeah, and she she had a like really good perspective. She's like, you have there has to be one record that you make that people don't <laughs> like. It's just like that, and and you don't get to decide which one it is. Like yeah. the critics and the public will decide which record of yours is your worst. Um. But, if but then, the, the, you know, but you need that. I mean, it's like the whole you need to go away if you're going to come back. You know, you need to, if you just make, just, you know, everything you make can't be great. Well, I mean, it, but it's interesting because, uh, like, again, like, that's, uh, it's a record that's grown on me a lot. And that's actually, like, in the end of the day, that's one of the ones more than most of your records that I go back to. Right, so that's cool. So then maybe not every record can be loved is the, is the yeah. thing. Yeah. But, 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 but I, you know, I, I bring that up because, I, you know, one, it sounds like you might have similar feelings to it as other people do, or is it just that, like, because, you know, it wasn't as widely accepted by the fan base that you've, you've, you've pushed away a little bit yourself? Well, it didn't feel that way at the time because we toured on that record and yeah. it did really well yeah. so it didn't seem like um i don't know i mean the review i'm not the first person to mention this to you though if you no, and i before. had to rank all the records yeah all our records recently and i did and that one's at the bottom because what other one is going to be at the bottom like there has to be a worst record or there has yeah. to if you're gonna rank them one falls at the bottom but like the reviews, a lot of the reviews for Desperate Ground were way harsher than the Personal Life yeah. reviews. The worst reviews for Personal Life were people just like not uh, 
loving it. But then there's some reviews for Desperate Ground where people like hate it. Yeah. Or they were like angry about it, which I don't know. I don't know why. I, well, th- I mean, this is always this is always a fascinating question: uh, is you know what people consider their worst their worst work, and what and, and it sounds like you don't consider it bad, but what is it about that record that just doesn't stand up for you the way they want to? Well, I like it if it's. If people don't like it but like our other stuff, I, I assume it's because it's too quiet or yeah. it sounds too nice. Because uh, I, I, that's really the main thing that's different from the other record. Sure. I can't think of too much else that's like... Like, it's a record about love and relationships, but it's very cynical. Like, the yeah. lyrics are really cynical um, and dark. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think if people people that like don't like that record but like our other records I think I usually think it's because it's too clean I think it's, it's too nice. I think it's easier to or be mellow. to be um, to be earnest and to be even in some ways maybe a little bit like you know navel gazy if you're doing it over loud rock and roll music like you in, right. in, in, a, in a certain weird way like you can almost be personal if there's some kind of disconnect between you can, or you can hide a little bit yeah. behind the noise yeah yeah. So it wasn't, but it, it wasn't that the the. I mean, obviously, like you know, you guys were going through some shit when you were working right, on the record, for sure. But 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 you don't look at it like the, your issues with it are, aren't that you were too honest. No, no, not at all. But when we when we were writing the last, when I was writing the lyrics for "We Disappear," I was yeah. I was going back to personal life because I was like. Well, maybe we've already done this and sang about breakups. We already had a breakup record. But then I felt like it wasn't... I felt like it was honest, but I wanted to... I don't know if it was totally realistic. Or it was just, like, so cynical. And yeah. I wanted to go, I wanted to write another breakup record, but I didn't want it to be so cynical. And I didn't want to... I feel like that one personal life it, it, when I go back to it it seems like a lot of it is about blaming the other person yeah and I so I didn't want to write that again you and, and you also like it's nice to have a breakup record that you can dance to right you know a little bit of like built-in catharsis in the music well yeah it shouldn't be just all wallowing right but I mean, like, like single ladies, right? Like, that's why that's a good song because it's right. like, well, it's yeah, a fucking, yeah, it's a party anthem. It's very fun, yeah, yeah, right. So, so these are. That's interesting. So, so in, in a way, the new record is kind of a redo for you. I mean, it was just. I don't think of it that way because I wouldn't. And if there's been, I mean, what what year was? Personally, uh, personally, 2010. Then okay. Desperate Ground was yeah, 2013. So there's been another record in the middle. Yeah, yeah. So five, three, six yeah, years. right. Um. No, I just, I mean, I wanted to make sure that I didn't do the same thing again. Yeah. I didn't want to make another, like, dark, cynical record about relationships or about breakups. Yeah. I was I was trying to, uh, you know, I was, uh, so, so keep talking about Hector since he's here and he's listening to us and he's Hi, pretending not to pay attention to us. But, you know, I was saying to him, like, you know, before I talked to you, I was trying to kind of, like, you know, wrap my brain up because it seems like there's always they're not concept albums but it seems like there's always some kind of like overarching theme with right. a lot of a lot of the records yeah definitely you know if I was interviewing you right after the body of the blood machine if I was interviewing right after um, you know personal life like I would instantly have my 
way of jumping in that conversation. It's like, here's a story that you guys are telling. Right. Do you think that, is there, I mean, there's, you know, a break, breakup is, is, is definitely an element here, but do you feel like there's a through line on the new record? Yeah, it's all about, it's about separating, mostly. You know, we say we disappear, it's like, yeah. you and I disappear from each other, and yeah. then we disappear from life. Which is um, a hard thing to do in 2016, to disappear from someone else. Right, right. Well, I mean, then there's a lot of, like, technology wrapped up in the yeah. record, which is, I mean, it's, it's related. It's, uh, you know, because, you know, it's about disappearing, but you're trying to fight that at the same time. You're trying, you I know, mean, people want to be immortal. People want to, people want to be known, uh, and they don't want to go away. And that's like the internet. You know, a lot of it, this is people like everyone's trying to put themselves out there in this way that they control and, you know, uh, yeah. as a way to just not you know it's a way to keep existing this is my this is like every time i've i've been through a breakup in the internet age this is the constant battle of like you know assuming that it's um it's on reasonably good terms like you're like i don't want to do the total dick move and unfollow you right but i also know and this has happened this happened to me a couple of times where where i've stayed connected with somebody and you know, you know that you know that you know that there are like a few, few life moments they're going to hit over that period that they're going to get in another relationship. Right, that's going to start coming through your feed. Maybe they'll get married. That's happened before. Maybe oh, they'll really? have a kid. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's sort of like you know how do you and, and and you know this is a problem. Obviously, this is a problem that existed before the internet. This is a problem. I assume not that Portland's a small town, but Portland's definitely smaller. De- I mean, it's definitely it feels yeah. it feels like a small town, especially yeah. when you're in like a specific community. Right, you're going to run into those people. Yeah, like a lot. But yeah, I mean, the internet is a place you can just run into everyone yeah. constantly, and it is yeah because you don't yeah like you're saying even when it's on good terms, a lot of times it, you would rather not know. Yeah, what's going on in that person's life, and you don't want to see it, especially if you still have feelings for them. You just kind of you don't want it in your face. It can easily be in your face. So, what is your personal philosophy in terms of breaking up online? Unfollow, unfollow. Maybe block if it's you know if it's bad. I've blocked and been blocked. I block a lot of people. People like. There's a mute option, which is a nice, passive aggressive right. way of approaching a situation, right. which I've utilized a few times in my own. Yeah. Life. Um, it's weird how I feel like Facebook is like the worst in like how it manipulates yeah. you. Like, if you go to your chat and still wants me to, it's like suggest my ex like every single time for every like event. Like, and you can't. I don't think you have looks. I don't think you can like turn stuff like that off. It's so, like, so, so you 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 have completely um, consciously uncoupled online. Um. I mean, we're still friends, like. But, but it's suggesting her because you're not friends on. Well, it's Facebook. just have like messages like how many like who have you messaged the most? Like it's gonna suggest. <laughs> so see. I've met yeah. you know, and you've got yeah. mutual In friends. Happier times, and then right? Yeah. But then there's no way you're like, can you just stop showing me this person's face? Yeah. 
it's called Facebook. Yeah, and so they're like, no, yeah, we won't stop. Are, are you? Are you a? Or have you been an online stalker? Um, I'll say yes, not totally knowing what you're talking about. Well, I mean, I mean, have you probably, gotten? You know, like yeah. this is the thing about this is definitely. <laughs> I think <laughs> you know what I'm talking way. about. Hutch. No, no, no. no. Mean, but this is. But again, this is the, that whole thing of sort of speaking, speaking to your kind of baser interests of, of the problem of like having that resource in front of you and maybe you know being drunk late at night and realizing that you're oh, connected to that person sure. and kind of wanting of course, to know what's sober happening during and- the day yeah I'm constantly <laughs> if you're interested in someone yeah. it's hard not to yeah um so yeah constantly okay <laughs> I don't know what you were thinking of that you had to like qualify not saying that you were a stalker because well, I, mean, I think you, you went pretty stalking, dark. It's I think offense. you went pretty da- it's dark. A, you know, yeah. People get arrested for sure. stalking, sure. which is something you've definitely not done. I have not been arrested for it. No, I hope not to. <laughs> what about? I mean, what about you know? What about, like like breaking away from relationships for a moment? What about this idea of like m- maybe never being able to completely disappear online? That like um, you know, I had somebody. I had somebody I went to school with who uh, passed away a couple of months ago, and her her husband turned her page into a memorial. Right. I don't know if you've seen that. There's, I guess, there's like a feature now. So all these like no, it, I didn't, I didn't know it, that. It's these sort, it's these like, it's these sort of things like where you know a, a, a social network's been around for a while, and then people start to have these issues, right? Like there's problems happening in your life, and and the question of like, what do you do? To your Facebook account, or your Twitter right. account, when somebody passes away, yeah. So this was like one of, I guess, the kind of fixes is that if you have a spouse, they can take it. Yeah, over. they know your password, right? Yeah, or even, or even like if you can prove that you're connected, like they can right. take ownership of it. But it's that weird thing of like she, the last thing on her, on her page was like, I think it was, I think she hurt her back trying to put a, a cure record up. Yeah, a cure, a cure poster up, and like, and it's just like that's that's your last thing, right? There's something interesting about not not going back and messing, you know, with some. I have a couple friends who who like have passed away, and they're you know, it's weird because Facebook will tell you it's this person's birthday, and yeah, you know, everyone goes and writes on the person's page, yeah, 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 but there's no one messing with it or updating it, yeah. Yeah, is I mean, are you? Um, I feel like there might be a little element of mortality on the new record. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely, and a lot of it, you know, people. You're a young does man. Work. People are people <laughs> are staying alive on these. You know, it's interesting. A lot of you know when you die, sometimes your Facebook or whatever becomes like a. It's like your virtual uh, gravesite because people yeah. will go visit it and think about you. Yeah, there was. Um was it uh, Susan B. Anthony? I think when you know during like election day, like everybody like went to her grave and put their iPhone. Uh-huh. Oh really? Oh uh, yeah. It's it's the um, I guess sort of the uh, the the electronic version of like putting flowers. Right. Or, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think. Oh. Uh, uh, I I I know uh, Harvey P. Carr's widow, and I think on his the anniversary of his death, they put go put pens on. When did he die? That's funny. I was just watching that movie. God, uh, five or six years ago okay. I think, at this point. But it's yeah, yeah it's it's that. Um, I, I kind of like that. You know, I like the um, taking that and kind of co-opting it. And yeah, I feel like it. 
It does. It does make people feel better. Yeah. Do you remember my dead space? It was like a MySpace, but it, I don't it, think it, it was part of MySpace. Is it like the one where they, they sent out it. the messages when somebody died? There, there was that. Just, I think it was just other people making profiles for oh, people Jesus. who had passed away. Yeah, that's like when the um, super dark. That's that's like when the uh, the Church of Latter Day Saints uh, converted Anne Frank and all the Holocaust victims. Oh, I forgot about, about that. <laughs> I remember that. God. Anyway, speaking so of the rude. Holocaust. Okay. Um, why are you thinking about mortality? How is that a theme on the record? Why? Why? I mean, you're a young oh, man. just always. Just always. But always. I mean, is there something that happened? I, I Okay, I'm totally with you on that. But yeah. like, is there something that triggered it on this record? No, there's not. For okay. me, and I never sit down and be like, all right, let's sing about death again. Yeah. It <laughs> just like happens like every time. Yeah. Every time. I mean, Personal Life is probably the one record where we, there is very little talk about death ironically really. i know but then most records yeah i mean last desperate ground was all about death i mean there's not a yeah a, there's a lot of death on this record but it's not uh i mean like i said we're not wallowing in it it's not about like complaining even it's just kind of like it's this thing that's just always there yeah. yeah and it's just impossible to stop thinking about but yeah, I mean, I, you know, at least like you've got like a you know records like you you know you, that's a better thing than than just a Facebook wall at the end of the day, right? Yeah, I mean, most art is just like yeah trying to be remembered or trying to leave something. Yeah, right. You started doing stand up. I did like a year and a half ago. Well, well, why? That was just something else I really wanted to do for a long time. Yeah, really wanted to. The scene is really cool in Portland, so I've yeah. kind of been like lurking the scene for a while. Cool as in like. Friendly, like yeah, it's very it. friendly. Right. Cool, then it reminds me of how like the punk scene used to be in Portland, like when I moved there. Hmm. Like, uh, just a lot of shows, very underground, just in like, you know, like people's houses and basements, cafes, yeah, bars, uh, just like anywhere, anywhere you can do it. Describe your first stand-up show. There was me. an. Oh, I just went and did an open mic. There was an open in mic the city at a Moose Lodge. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I mean, like, the first oh, time yeah, I did sorry, it in yeah, Portland. Yeah. yeah. yeah uh, At a Moose Lodge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm picturing, like, the, uh, like the Flintstones. It was the, like, so it, well, it was like, you know, it was like an Elks Lodge. Or, yeah, or yeah. Whatever, like a were, nice were there Columbus Were there, were there moose there? Or it was, no, it was, it was like doing very, a VA hall, sort of. It was so north. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly what it was like. It was just like in this, the sound system was just like through stereo speakers yeah yeah it was fine it was i mean i was like really nervous to do it even though it was just like it was a couple comedians there that i knew just like local portland people and then just like the people that go to the lodge were there like really interesting i went there like a couple other times and they stopped doing it but it was just like just like just like weird older people just like you know like playing Kino and stuff. So the lowest stakes humanly possible. Right. And that was like something I had to tell myself because so many, you know, people get so nervous just uh, when it comes to public speaking. And a lot of the times I would really say like, yeah, like, because I was nervous. Yeah. I would say like, what is the risk? Like the risk. Yeah. There is no risk. Like, but I've had that too where, where I, I don't, you know, I've done lots of things in sta- on stage in front of people and then just like, Sometime for for no discernible reason, I'll go out and they'll just be the nerves will be there. Right, it's, I know. So why why is that? And it's like a physical, yeah, thing that happens. Do right? you get that with music at all? 
Yeah, I get Kathy and I will both get this thing. It's more like an exhaustion where it's like you don't yeah. feel nervous, but you're just like. It's like yeah, it's like a physical reaction. Like your whole body just wants to shut down, but you and just go to go to sleep. But I get, but I get, you know. But I, well, that's yeah. I mean, I'll, I guess a good thing is is when I get really anxious, when I get really nervous, it I have a little bit of the opposite reaction where like I'm very very much awake, but I kind of get like a little bit of the uh, the pounding in my head. Yeah. A little bit of that. I mean, we just rationalize it too. Like for a show, like. Like what? What could go wrong? Yeah. I mean, usually the worst thing that goes wrong is uh, something breaks. You know, an amp breaks, you break sure. a string. But audiences are so like forgiving about stuff like well, that. That's rock it's and never, roll. Yeah, right. It's never. Yeah. No one's. No one's ever upset. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like most. But I mean, that's why I like doing stand up. I like doing something new because I feel like you basically know exactly what's going to happen when. When we're going to play a show, we know exactly what we're going to do. And, you know, we don't jam. We don't, like, improvise. Yeah. So it's cool to do something else where... Because I feel like with comedy, you never know what's going to happen on What's stage. the worst that can happen in a stand-up show, in your estimation? Um, maybe, like, violence. I feel okay. like... I feel like... Like, <laughs> like you could incite a riot? Right, right. <laughs> or just... Or you just yeah. incite one person to punch you in the face. I don't <laughs> feel like I would... That would happen to me, but... Maybe not in Portland. It does happen, it, yeah. Yeah. What, what, what's the worst thing that's happened to you on stage? In a stand-up I, mean, I don't show? think anything... Nothing no. bad has happened to me at all. Have you had a bad show? I've, I've had a couple times when I went up when I, when I came off like not feeling great but I didn't have yeah I mean but also the longest set I've ever done is like 20 minutes okay. so it's that's not a, like that's not an which insignificant is, amount no, no, of time no 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 and jokes. it was great yeah, um, but yeah but most things I'm doing are like 7 to 10 minutes yeah so it's really like it goes by so quickly are, are you um, is the fact that you're you is the fact that like especially in Portland like people I assume know who you are is yeah that a, is that a net positive yeah, that's and I didn't think it would be at first because I thought it would be the opposite. Like people yeah. being like, "Oh God, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. why is this guy doing this?" Yeah. But it it hasn't <laughs> hasn't turned out that way. And people, yeah, uh, and I go to L.A. a lot to either to do thermal stuff and comedy or just to do comedy. And in the same way, like the scene has been like very like nice and supportive yeah. as well. But, this but yeah, is- but being in the band has definitely helped. But this is a, this. I mean, if you're going to LA to do it, this is a real. This is not just a thing, a goof. Yeah, yeah, no, not at all. And not like I think I'll be able to make it do it yeah. as a career. But I do take it seriously, and I, and I really like to do it. What are you, are you, you're going down to do like shows, like comedy shows now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With like real comedians. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's been yeah. I uh, I did. A are show. you introduced as Hutch from the Thermals? Sometimes, and that was like a thing that like kind of made me feel awkward at first, but yeah. then it just doesn't. When I started, I was like, uh, "This is something I need to keep so separate." Yeah, music over here in comedy, but very quickly I was like, N- "There's no re- there's no reason why you're not you walking know, out with an acoustic guitar to. and playing funny I songs." I have not funny songs. I've come and played like you know, I don't like to, but I have a hard time saying no when people ask me to do. You know, people yeah. ask me, "Hey, will you come play a couple songs at this comedy show?" I will do it, even though I'm not like totally thrilled to. I like the idea of like of you getting up and like having a bad comedy show, so you just pick the guitar up and <laughs> yeah, start. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> what? What? Uh, like what? Uh, what? 
what kind of jokes were you burning to tell? Like, what what's your I guess what's uh, what's your material? What are you? Mm, so you know, um, were you were you writing? Were you uh, like writing jokes to? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, do on stage? definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And st- I mean, but you had I, I mean you were thinking about this for a while. Yeah, for for yeah for years. Yeah, and I would go and be like. Like just about to get up and be like, nah. Like for like a year and a half, I would like get really close to doing it, and then just like be like, oh, like why? Why am I? You know, yeah. Like why am I? I'm already. I have one thing going for me. Can't I just be happy with that? It's funny. Like I think you know. I think about like I don't know, like Sam Kinison or somebody. Like it, there's there's always this connection, but it almost always works the other way. It's I'm always going... stand up comedians who want to be like rock stars. Right. Yeah. And, well, you know, there's, like, you know, in the block party, you know, like, Chappelle's saying, yeah. like, all comedians want to be musicians and musicians yeah, want yeah. to be comedians. But, but I don't it's, know why, but it is a thing. But it does, see, it does seem like there's more coming over from that way than than the other way around. More more comedians, comedians like, putting music, out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. It's... I used to think... I mean, they are. I used to think they were so different. Yeah. Now, I lately I tend to look at everything as just performance. Like, do you get up on stage and do something? It's just like it is. How I see it now is it, it's just all one yeah. big thing with with some obvious big differences. Yeah, such as like especially you coming from a band that if something goes wrong, it's it's just you, right? And there's nothing. You can't just go into another song. Like, yeah, and you can like forget. You can mess up your jokes in a way that you can't really. You know, I've messed up a joke in a way I never messed up a song. You know, yeah. the song you can. Well, the thing with comedy is you rehearse it in public too. You go to you know, there's open mics for music, but I never like took a song to an open mic and then said, okay, what didn't work there? Let's work. You know, yeah. you know write a song at home, and when it's done, it's done. You take it to people if they don't like it, too bad. But the songs, that song's done <laughs> well especially i mean especially especially like you were saying before with 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 you guys with the the, the hedge kathy record and the first thermals record like you were very much not writing it with an audience and right it sounds like that was ultimately a positive you were yeah, you were yeah, making definitely. it by committee well i think yeah the music it just has to be i mean for us we know when a song is done and we know when we like it you know yeah. if we're satisfied that's the song but, you know, with comedy, you if you're like, I tell this same bit every night and no one ever laughs, you either have to stop telling that yeah. or change it until uh, <laughs> people laugh. Yeah. So, so, so that, I mean, you've been, you've been doing this long enough that, what, you said a year and a... A year and a half. Yeah, but okay. I did, I've done it like 200 times or so. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good amount. And, and are you, um, like, how... Are, are you? Would you? Would you tour on this? Is that? Are you? I don't know. That's... I don't have enough time. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't have enough materials. Yeah. I mean. Like maybe one day. It's just like I would need. You know, if I would ever do it for real, I would want to do it right. Which sure. means like maybe at like five years in, I'd be like ready to tour or something. You know, I, yeah. I wouldn't want to just like I don't know. Like anything, you see a lot of people doing it half-assed, and I wouldn't. I don't know. I like see so many comedy shows. I see so many people are so good. It's and, funny though, and, bad. and you know, and then and then and then there's the whole like the whole like ten thousand hours cliche. But it doesn't. Right. 
But I think that's totally true. But it, it, it is. But but also, you know, I, I, this is another. I think maybe maybe major way that comedy and music are different in that, like, you guys would just go and tour or go and play around, and that would be part that's of the true. process of evolving. Right? That is true. Yeah. And comedy, I guess you can't. You know, maybe. Maybe in some ways the consequences are just higher of, of bombing, for, for one thing. Yeah. That it's harder yeah. to win over an audience. That, that, again, like the fact that, you know, you don't have two other bandmates makes right. it harder as well. Right. And you're not hiding behind that noise yeah. again. Like, if people don't like one song, you just yeah. just go to the next. But there's also this thing. A band, like any band, a band plays a song... People clap at the end of the song. Sure. Even if sometimes they don't like it. People just, very people rarely heckle clap. bands. Right. <laughs> but it's no one just like laughs at the joke when it's yeah. done. This is the, you know, you have to actually evoke that in someone. You probably haven't played these rooms, but, you know, I've, 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 you've probably been to them as an audience member. I, I certainly have where um, people feel like because they bought a ticket to a comedy show that they've got some sort of license to interact in a way that they don't definitely definitely and they're very you know they're like make me laugh they really because i have done like a bunch of like storytelling shows and those are way it's way easier to get laughs at those shows because no one's demanding it and they're not expecting it so i can say something that like gets like a little laugh at a comedy show but then at a storytelling show like it kills because everyone's surprised and they're not like sitting there being like, make me laugh. There's also this thing that I hear a lot from, from comedians that this is a thing that comedians love to complain about is that um, rarely, at least like in, in, in our collective world, like rarely do people go to music because they just want to go see music that night. Like people go to see bands. Yes. Comedy doesn't always work that way. People just go to a comedy show and that makes a dynamic between the audience and the comedian very different than the band. Yeah, which seems crazy to me because you could because a lot of like bigger name comics tour and still they're going, you know they're famous in big cities and then they're touring and no one knows them in small you know smaller towns and they are yeah, yeah the audience is there. Let's go to comedy tonight. Let's go to a. Comedy I remember club. going to I think it was like the Gotham Comedy Club and this was, I went to I went specifically to go see Marin before he had the podcast. Uh-huh. So not a lot of people like knew him outside of his I guess radio show, but it was very much that experience where he was sandwiched between two people mm-hmm. and he's a guy that's been doing it for like twenty years already at that point and that audience was not there to see that man. That right. Is, that is rough stuff. Yeah, you to know, be in it for so long. Yeah, but also, but also, like I could go, you know, like I could, I could go to, you know, especially a show like at, at, at Bowery is different than a house show. But like, if I came here and I was in the back talking to my friend while you were playing, it wouldn't be as problematic as if I was no, in a comedy not at show all. Yeah. talking to another yeah. person. Yeah, I mean, that's what's. I feel like it's easier to go. You know, I mean, I mean, music shows are, can be way longer. This show will be like yeah. three hour, more than three hours yeah. tonight. A comedy show, you have to sit there and be quiet at a comedy show. It's great to go see bands. You can talk over the whole thing mostly. If yeah. you just want to come and like talk to your friends or pay, whoever. Pay your, thir- pay your right. thirty bucks. And, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, the other thing, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, the other thing I suspect that's maybe holding you back from saying like, I just want to like go and like tour across the country as a stand-up comedian is that it's sort of like like how how old are you i'm 40 so it's like you know it it, 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 it you're probably wouldn't maybe necessarily jump into something the way you would when you were 
20. Exactly. Definitely right? not. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's, it's like, like not touring. Yeah. Just because I've done, you know, just because I know what that's like. But also, you know, if, if like, listen, if you, if you were doing music till right now and, like, everybody fucking hated your band, that would be a different story. But, like, you right. have had a certain <laughs> amount of success. Yeah, for sure. So you're yeah. not, like, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense for you to just give it up and start doing Of stand. course. Of course not. Yeah. But do you – I mean this is something that I, that, 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 that I think about uh, a lot and I'm certainly not I, – I, I'm not at all looking to, to start a, you know, a, a different career. But it's always something in the back of your mind which is like what is the point of no return? Like is there a point where it's like too late to start something like completely new as, as a job? I mean, it seems like you started doing you started doing stand up when you were thirty nine. Yeah, I know, which is crazy. I know because I see people who are like thirty two being like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna be a comedian." And in my head, I'm like, "You're way, you're way too, too late. old." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're exactly. Too, you miss that boat. I mean, Enjoy your office job. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> even when I see, I see people starting their first band at like twenty two. I'm yeah. like, "You're way too late." I was thinking about this with um, with the Hold Steady, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, they're not, like, super, super old, but, like, when they came along... No, they're older than me. No, yeah. but, like, but when they when they put out their first album, they were probably, what, in their maybe mid-30s as a Hold Steady? Yeah, yeah, probably. But 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 that's old enough for everyone to be like, whoa, like, or they're a novelty. It's, like, old dudes but starting so, I mean, a band. You know, he'd done Lift or Polar for yeah, a Yeah, no, for time, sure. So it's not like... If it was their first band, it would have been crazy. But, but for yeah. them to have, like, really, like, their first big success. I mean, that's true, and considering how successful they got. Because I can think of a lot. I mean... There was novelty in people sort of saying, like, they should have packed it in already. And then they had their first major success. Right. Oh, Mark Arm was 30 when Mudhoney started. Okay. And they, you know... Sure. Uh... That is kind of crazy. Like, it is, how, it how is old, crazy. Yeah. How old was Kurt Cobain at the time? Like t- t- 18? 20, yeah, 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 yeah. Not <laughs> like, even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Like to be the yeah. old man in the grunge scene must have been. Right. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, it obviously, like, obviously your perspective changes <laughs> as you get older as far as like what's what makes you old. Well, yeah, when you're younger, you're like, that's not cool. That dude's 40. But then when you're 40, yeah. you're like, uh, no one's going to tell me yeah. to stop. <laughs> did you th- Did you like... When you look back at it, are you sort of surprised that you're like you're still kind of like full throated and not? Yes, I'm very surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised it came so fast. That forty came, came so yeah, fast. It came yeah, came super yeah. fast. Did you have any? Do you have any idea that like it's that you wouldn't be doing this at a certain age? Um, I don't know. You know, I feel like things happened like not too. It didn't happen too early, obviously, for us. You know, we signed with, with Sub Pop when we Kathy and I were 26. Yeah. Which seems like that's a good age. It's all, you're, it's almost like, you know, like we're saying, it's almost too late. Like, it's. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you see people like die or burn out before 30. Sure. So it's nice to not be that. Yeah. Um, I don't it, think we're going to be like 60 or 70 in touring, but then you look at people sure. who do. It seems like you need to be at a certain level of comfort yeah. to be doing that. Like, yeah, you can be Willie Nelson and be 80 and still touring, but you are rich sure. and, you know, you're not in a, in a yeah. passenger van. Did you, so, you know, t- it, it, it took, you were 26, uh, you know, I'm, I, obviously, like, especially in hindsight, it, it's young, but did you, did you have a contingency plan at that point? Was, if, like, if, if this just doesn't take... 
Did you have? Was there a backup plan? No, at all? There no, okay. there wasn't at all. That was part of the nice thing about living in Portland in 1998. Right, is you right. Didn't need that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Incredibly cheap. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just kind of, I mean, we kind of just worked on band, like music stuff all the time, and I just like. There is something about just have. I don't even know if it's faith. It's just more like just not paying attention to stuff when it's not working. Just keep yeah. working. No Bullet bullheadedness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really like keeping your head down and not if because if you stop and analyze what you're actually doing with your life and how the odds are stacked against you, you would quit. You just yeah. have to like not think of any of that. I think it was what we did. Well, and that and that's and that's what makes it interesting that that the thermals are what took as opposed to Hutch and Kathy is that right. like it very much was not you know in in what like two thousand was that two thousand two two thousand two yeah yeah was yeah. like you know I, I you know I, maybe the first like Shins record came out right around that like right that right. was what was happening and. Indie rock yeah, music. It was yeah. not you guys. No, no. <laughs> music wise, and it wouldn't be. I mean, I now we joke like we've missed like the lo-fi would like a couple times because yeah. like when we, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but we miss people cashing in on lo-fi because yeah. you think like, you know, in mid '90s, you know, yeah, like really, you know, like Guided by Voices yeah, yeah, and yeah. like stuff like Eric's Trip and stuff. But yeah, Sebado like, and yeah, not when we were doing it, and then you know. Whenever like waves it was like two thousand seven or eight or nine, yeah. then it kind of people started people cashed in on lo-fi again. But by that point, we were like, you know, yeah, making like now we can see, it. which did. I mean, those records are fine for us, but it wasn't like. I mean, we always still think of ourselves as a lo-fi band, even when we're trying to make hi-fi records. So the secret to the thermal success is. Stubbornly refusing to pay attention to any of the prevailing trends. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, and yeah, the trends or the odds or <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just you have to just not admit how like how ridiculous it yeah. all is. It still feels a little ridiculous. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> there you have it. That was Hutch Harris of the Thermals. Thanks so much, Tim, for taking the time to do that. Thanks to Hector at Chromatic for setting up that conversation. I am a huge, huge fan of the Thermals. Have been uh, I've been following them pretty much since the uh, since the beginning, since that first EP. Um, highly recommend them. I, I assume that if you're, you've listened this far into the podcast, that you are a big fan of theirs as well. But if not, uh, you pretty much start wherever they've got a new album out right now called "We Disappear," and and absolutely absolutely go check them out live if you can uh they've got uh, they've got a new guitar player from uh, from the summer cannibals which is as freed hutch to be, be the, the the rock star that we always knew he was uh thanks again to him for for doing that at the uh the ballet ballroom uh thanks to brian as always for editing the show together uh met brian for the first time in los angeles big big deal for me um pretty all right dude i will allow him to continue editing this podcast uh you can follow him on twitter at am Psy, amateur scientist or brian tompy uh so uh thanks damn thanks to uh thanks to los angeles for 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 having me and not being completely terrible thanks to uh the murder hotel for hosting us while we were out there um what else uh 
Well, no. Thanks to you guys for listening. If you like the show, you can support us over on Patreon. Uh, cost money to to keep a podcast going. It costs money to host it. Cost money to pay our editor so that our editor can then pay for whiskeys when we are in town. Uh, support us over there. You can follow us on Tumblr. That is the first and best place to get all of your RIYL related information. That's RIYLcast.tumblr.com. If you've got any feedback, it's RIYLcast at gmail.com. Uh, like us on Facebook. It's about I got all I got uh, for this week. Lots of good shows lined up, so stick around. We'll be back just about this time next week with another episode of RIYL.